Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! This meeting is being recorded. Oh, what the hell? I've never heard that before. I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome in <laughs> to 11 Personnel. This meeting is being recorded. We are recording a podcast where we will discuss Kentucky football, SEC football, and everything in between. I'm Nick Roush, joined as always by Adam Luckett. Uh, wow, that was weird. Uh, I guess they don't want people to be surreptitiously recorded. Do we have, are we um, quietly uh, having an online show that I did not know about? I think that this is this is an effort to make sure that Shannon Sharp doesn't Julio Jones somebody, you know? Yeah. Even though I think all of that was staged, I'm sure they're like, oh. okay, we're tired of people being recorded. And I don't know why I use the word surreptitiously. That, that word is only used when somebody is recorded when they don't know. That's it. That It's never used at any other time in, in American language. That show uh, gets off the rails, man. They talk like um, – just uh, just in crazy. I'm, there was some there was a weird topic they talked about a couple weeks ago. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, they're just some of the stuff that goes on between those two is just hey, it's good TV. Like if you're into that, because they are shocked. Yeah, they, inter- they, yeah, they are in for shock. Um, right. And I actually blocked the show's Twitter account because they used to promote a bunch of stuff and it would drive me nuts. But I still follow Skip because Skip has such wild takes that I need. And there's a lot of all caps tweets too. So I just, I, I need those every once in a while, especially when it comes to NBA, because I don't really care. So getting an all take, LeBron is a fraud. It, it just, it, it delights me. It really does. Yeah, this is their peak for sure. <laughs> NBA playoffs. Yeah, this is when all the takes get unleashed. Hey, you know what though? It's also peak for the summer radio, summer football. I mean, hockey season. Oh, and we have got the best of the best talking season topics right now at a market. Primetime summer radio. Yes, with uh, season totals coming out. Our good friends at DraftKings. And then the Athlon released their college football preview, which yeah. is always good um, first to of get the some season. information out of. Right. The, the first of them are always around Memorial Day. Um, yeah, they get out. They get out. Uh, for sure about a month earlier than phil still well uh, that that's what i learned in journalism school like it it doesn't matter if you're the best you just need to be first and that's what athlon's mastered they they aren't the best but they're first as indicative by some of the errors they made when rolling it out uh, the big one look at our all sec football teams and they just left off third and fourth team offense just Forgot to add them. Forgot to copy and paste those over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, had to buy the you had to buy the print edition to get it. <laughs> the third and fourth team, which I like it. I hear buying the the print edition is really easy, buddy. Let like, like I have ordered these. Like I've ordered Phil Still and Athlon online before, and what I've learned is it takes a while to get them, 
And then there's been bad shipping stories across the country about people getting stuff late. So I was like, I'm just going to buy it when it comes out. And usually these things, they say it comes out on a certain date. Usually it hits the shelves early. So Sunday night I go out, go to Kroger, go to Walmart. No, one has it. I'm like, oh, no big deal. Next day I'm like, I'm gonna, I'll am i go to a bookstore. My one, I'll go to a bookstore once a year. Surely there, a, a bookstore of all places would have books, magazines. So, uh, yeah. So I'll go to Barnes & Noble and I'll go to the magazine section. They have, like Athlon has, they have the, the national preview, but then they have like an SEC regional preview, which is kind of, it's kind of the same magazine. They just go a little bit deeper than, I mean, it's just a way to sell a different magazine, but I get both of them. Of course. They got you. Yeah. SEC one is there. So I'm like, of course they have to have the national one. Like why, how would they just have one? So I'm looking around. I'm like, where, where is this? Am I like, like not seeing anything? I spoke with a girl that worked there and God bless her. She had no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) she's used to just like pointing somebody in the right direction of Dickens or the latest, you know, New York times bestseller and old luck. It comes strolling in asking for a magazine that they have just a different version of it. Yeah. I believe her name was Jess. So I was like, Hey, they're just like, this is a magazine you all get every year. Like there's two editions. There's a national version, sec version. You'll have this one out. They should have came together. Like I knew, like I know how the magazine shipping works, but I'm like, yeah, they need so they just come together. And she's like, she tried to look it up in her system, and she was like, well, we have a bunch of inventory, but magazines we can't track who comes and what. So write your name down on this list, so we'll, we'll get you on the we'll get you on the call list. So Adam Luckett was on the call list at Barnes and Noble. So anyway, in my head, I'm like, there's no way they don't like somebody has to have these magazines. So I go to two other bookstores. Two other bookstores. There's three bookstores still in existence. In the city yeah. of there's more than you think. I went wow. to Books a Million, and um, like a half, there's a half price thing over there on. Oh Ashmore. yeah, love the half price. They, books. they didn't have anything, but they did have Moneyball, so I went ahead and bought Moneyball. It's gonna be my, <laughs> it's on my reading list for the summer. And then I went to, then I go to Books a Million and hear this out. Not only they have the SEC version, each SEC version has a cover of the team, so every all 14 schools get a cover. Pascal's on Kentucky's cover. Now they have Kentucky's cover. They also have the Tennessee regional version, but they didn't have the national magazine out. Oh gosh. Wait, who's, so on, who's like, on the Tennessee is, cover? Oh, one of the receivers, Jalen Hyatt. Okay. And That's so, dumb and then I spoke with you yesterday. And you're like, Oh, Drew just went to Walmart and got the magazine today. Just, yeah, it took so 15 like, minutes. Dadgummit. And then I, yeah, I went to Walmart and I scooped, I scooped it up yesterday, which was Tuesday, May 25th. So yeah, that was my story about trying to buy a, uh, college football preview magazine all right let's do the tally uh one two three seven different places you went to to find this Mm -hmm. magazine and how much extra content is in the national magazine versus the sec well i mean it just has every team so like you know the sec is not good enough for me i gotta have the i gotta have the whole pie you gotta know why stanford only has a three and a half win total yeah i I, I need to know (laughs) it and i also like like really these you know, you want to see the All-American teams and all that. And um, they think how to do coach rankings, coordinator rankings. And, like, the I, I do like these anonymous quotes from the coaches. Like, you have to take them with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can kind of – it kind of gives a different prism to look at how people inside closer in the football industry kind of see teams and coaches and all that. And I think, you know, you can get some – it can kind of – 
confirm some stuff you might may have thought or believe in, or mm-hmm. can kind of maybe think, oh, mate, I didn't really think about that. Um, so that's that's my biggest draw to to them, I would say. And then Phil still the draw is just it's just so much like information. A, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, it's and it's kind good. of a it's a kind of a cult following now. Like you you buy yeah. it every year, it put it on the bookshelf. It's a good reference material. It is, I, like, and I do like he has the spreads from like five six years back. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, is a really good reference point. I use all season. Comes in handy. It's easily organized. Like you know, you're just comfortable with it, and it's it's it really is like an old school football dictionary. But well, again, I do want to go through the anonymous quotes. Where you know we can uh, mention you know we can get into the all SEC teams and all American stuff, kind of where they went wrong and whatnot. But at first, I, I want to go through the coaches' quotes because you're right, and and it's one of my favorite summer radio topics especially trying to decipher who is it that's that's behind these quotes trying to read between the lines and i think like yeah. you 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 listen to enough press conferences where you might be you you might have a better idea than most in in mark stoops's i think you even it it it, it paints a clear picture of kind of uh kind of what the, the 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 fans think as well because some of them are i mean hell we'll just go through them because you have the, the first line like really consistent maybe the most steady in our league they're good recruiters and they have a nice system in place which that's very generic you know kind of mm-hmm. a nice way to say it others are oh man they got a great defensive coordinator they're mean on defense and you know what? This change on offense, it could be a real big deal for him. You know, Eddie Graham was a little vanilla, and now they're going to run more play action, more outside zone. I, it could be a lot. And and that's kind of what a lot of Kentucky fans are saying. But the, on the flip side was this, and I think this is what every skeptic is thinking. The real question is if they're going to open the offense up since that held him back last season. He didn't really lose few. How much more are they going to throw the ball? Mark's basically built a really smart, really disciplined Big Ten West type of program with a lot of Ohio guys and some SEC skilled position talent. They have a culture and they don't really stray from it. So I can't imagine them taking a lot of downfield shots. This coach isn't buying that Stoops is hitting the reset button with the offense. And look at I, I, I do think that's a fair I, I think that's a fair assessment in some regards. That was going to be exactly what I said. I think that's fair. I think that's how I'm walking into it. You can you can run this offense and throw and be effect, effective and efficient and explosive and only throw it 18 to 22 times a game. If you time up your play action shots right, if you get vertical at the right times, you do not need you don't need to throw it 40 times. But like you know, if how how Stoops going to be on that? I I think this move shows he wants to continue to run the ball protect the defense. He just wants to have some semblance of a productive passing game. And so we're going to see how that how it's all going to play out. And that's the question I have. Like, we don't really know what the offense is going to look like. So that, I think that's a fair question. How much is he going to be willing to really open it up because they have a formula in place and it's worked and it's won a lot of games, but they also realize they do need to score more points and get more explosive plays and the easiest way to do that is with the passing game. But I do think Stoops like this move as well, the wide zone, like there's more boom and bust to it. 
like Kentucky's going to have more negative run plays than they've had the last three, four years. Yeah, because sometimes guys are you can you gaps. can shoot you, gaps on this. You can guess right it. as yeah, right. yeah. You, like you it, can guess right as of the defense, and you can get some tackles for loss. But also, you can guess wrong, and then you have a you know a huge alley where yeah. big plays can happen. Right. So I right. so that alone is going to make the offense more explosive. And then if you get any type of play action pass element with it, that's really the move I think Stoops thinks. I think he still wants to run the ball majority of the time. Still wants to eat clock shorten the game but they just want to get more explosive i think this is the what he thought was the best way to do it and i think that's the plan now we'll see how open the playbook's going to get but yeah i don't i don't expect them to veer too far from um, being a i still think they're going to be a run heavy approach it's just going to be a little bit more passing than we've seen you know 2019 you can't get more run heavy than that yeah obviously with what they did but i think they 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 probably want to run 65 plays in a game i would imagine i would say they probably want you know 38 runs, 23 passes. I think that's kind of their their sweet spot some, somewhere along. And if you have a big lead, then it gets up to maybe 40, 20, for our 40, or 45, 15, or, you know, whatever, whatever the math is, 45, 20, I guess, equals 65. But, yeah, I just think it. we'll see. I still think they have their identity. They just want to get a little bit more explosive, and I think he thinks it's well, the best way to do it. And, and that's why it's great to look at all of these comments in totality because – you know, somebody might say Big Ten West. What the hell? That's a backhanded compliment. But if you're making explosive plays and still throwing for 225 yards, and yeah. you don't, and it doesn't where matter the yards if per you, attempt number comes in. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't matter if you throw it 30 times or 22 times or 23. You know, so uh, and, and it brings me to uh, what I. Well, what I actually, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about, uh, you know, they, they got to see some of the second scrimmage and the, the, the quote was, man, I didn't think we could complete 61 yard passes, <laughs> which that, that's, that's really, and, and that's where that, that offense we talked about last week in Grant's first year was successful because they timed up their shots well. Uh, and they made big plays, and they frustrated defenses. And and that was the other thing the person who, who watched the second scrimmage said was, you know, it's been a long time since I saw the defense this frustrated. And yeah. they're not used to it. They're used to owning those kind of scrimmages. And that's I think that's good for the program. When you look at the top two candidates to be the quarterbacks, Gatewood and Will Levis, they both have rocket launchers attached to their right shoulder. They both can push and drive the ball vertically. So, like, that's going to be a big part of the passing game. Not only the issue I have is that I think Robinson and Ali are both short to intermediate receivers. I don't think they're guys that you want running deep. Yeah. I don't think you want them running deep a lot. So, you got to find who's going to be that vertical threat in the offense. That's that's the huge question. Who Mm -hmm. who is it? Who's the bedest? Because that's how, that's really how you, that's really what they're looking for. I think they could have a good intermediate short passing game with the tight ends, with Robinson and Ali. It's just finding who can be that vertical threat, which has been the question since Jeff Bidette left. That's a question we've asked every offseason the last five years now. It's true. True. Um, Man, you said something that set off a bell in my head. Oh, you you mentioned the rocket launchers. Uh, we're going to get more into the anonymous coaching stuff because I do find it interesting what they say about you know, some of UK's opponents, particularly Louisville, Scott and his tots. But the rocket launcher, 
Look at, I loved, loved that we got Bruce Feldman writing features on Will Levis in the offseason. This dude is just competing to be the starting quarterback in Kentucky. Hadn't even stepped foot on campus. And he's headlining an article about a guy. It was more about the focus was more on this biomechanics guy and how he's changing the way people throw, yada, yada, yada. But like his other client was Bo Nix, Bo freaking Nix, who's SEC poster child. Dad was a hero back in the 90s. Like this dude is just, I mean, a media member's dream. And yet Levis gets the spotlight. Now, granted, Levis has been working with the guy a little bit longer. There's more tangible evidence there. But still, the fact that he was the featured uh, protagonist, if you will, and, and I wouldn't say the knight in shining armor, but like the the example to be held in high regard is Will Levis. And you got Levis talking about how, you know, you can, you, you, I'm more accurate, but I can even feel more zip on the ball. Like, dude, that's every Kentucky fan's dream ahead mm-hmm. of a yeah. quarterback competition. We haven't had something like this injected into a quarterback competition, maybe ever, maybe since Lorenzen and Dusty Bonner back in 2000. And Dusty was just like, all right, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, I mean, I think Woodson Pulley there for an offseason was a pretty big But not like, no, yeah. you, you didn't have Bruce Feldman. Right, <laughs> Profiling right. Curtis Pulley. I mean, if you go back to after they hired Cohen, Feldman, he joined up with Kyle Tucker, but he wrote a big post on how Cohen's going to be the next Joe Brady. And Bruce was the guy who wrote the first big Joe Brady story. He wrote it for the athletic. It was like Ed Orgeron's trying this out. This guy is a whiz kid by all mm-hmm. accounts. Like you get to like if LSU makes a jump, it's gonna be because of this guy. And then you know the rest. Mm. And it seems like he might be trying to find the next. That's what that smells like to me. Um Hey, I'm all for it though. But it yeah, works. yeah, for Kentucky, it's definitely good. See so yeah. like for Le- for Levis, man, I I'm it's just weird because you dig into him a little bit, like he was just a random mid three-star prospect didn't have a ton of interest out of Connecticut mm-hmm. random place for a quarterback he goes to Penn State you know over I guess you could say overachieves his recruiting ranking plays some but the passing number I mean passing numbers weren't great they use him as a glorified wildcat quarterback he had multiple offensive coordinators at Penn State and then then like we get that 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 TikTok of him working out in like some random gym throwing darts yeah and then I'm watching that, and I'm like, "Good lord! Like, do I need to watch? Like, what did I miss on tape? Like, why? Why is that just? Why is that ball exploding out of his hand? So what we ha- like, what you got is like this kid's raw, mm-hmm. but he's got like he's been in the bright lights. You know, he's he, got a lot of stuff to like. Yeah, he's Where you, you know that quarterback runs on it. right. The quarterback run stuff is something you can like. Okay, like he takes hits. He beat all that he's obviously big games yeah Yeah. then then it's just like well if he gets in the right system and they use him the correct way like the 49ers draft trey lance okay just to use this as comparison lance has like accuracy issues Mm -hmm. but he can run the ball you can move him on the boots do a lot of different things with him you can do qb run game and then he's he's just got like he's got a big arm he can stretch the field vertically and i think both Gatewood and Levis kind of fit that mold. I think I think there's huge accuracy questions with both of them. But they can they add a QB run element you can use behind a good offensive line. 
in a good running game, and then they can they have arms to really stretch that field vertically. And so how you scheme it up, if you can scheme it up well, they, they I think they both can be successful. And that's that's can Cohen do it? Well, I mean, we're going to find out. But I, I think that's kind of the blueprint is that wide zone play action game, use some of that athleticism and ask them, only really ask them, throw it 18 to 22 times a game and then pitch in three, four, five design QB carries. Well, and for the the Kentucky fan that's looking to convince themselves, you, you go back to the biomechanics article and you're like, oh, gosh. He's so this is how he becomes more accurate. And a a contrarian would say, well, you know what? Uh, We've heard this mumbo jumbo before. Uh, Matt Pilgrim was tearing it up in summer workouts. You know, like there's we're going to throw it to the tight ends. Like I I can understand why you'd be skeptical. But just the fact that, you know, Feldman has a track record with this kind of stuff. And even if it, you know, you don't expect anybody to be a, a second Joe Brady. If you just get a shell of that, you're going to be much better in the passing game at Kentucky. You just have to be. It can't get worse. <laughs> I mean, at this point, for Kentucky, it's all about can they find – like they've gotten to a point on defense where I think you can expect a top 40 defense every year around there in top half of the – top six, top seven, top eight in the SEC. It's – can they find that for the offense? If, if you can put two top 40 groups together and you're solid in special teams, those are top 25, top 20 teams every year. And then if you, you know, you catch lightning in the bottle on either side on offense or defense and you take a big jump like we saw the 2018 team do and become a top 10 unit, that's when then you can have the special season. So that's really what they're looking for. Um, they got to the point where the offense was just bringing them down. And I think recruiting was huge in that. It just it, it was hurt. They just they just weren't getting the job done recruiting on that on that side, and so that's why the change was made, and that's what they're they're shooting for, and we'll see how it plays out this season. Yeah, I uh, I just love that we're getting you know we're getting plenty of fodder. <laughs> this oh, yeah. is May. This is May, and it, it's 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 interesting because like there's some people building it up, but then you look at like these projections, uh, Athlon had Kentucky seven and five, three and five season total six and a half. I think you see some prognosticators are pumping the brakes on it, but they just don't know what it's going to look like. No, they're, so they're just, just hesitant. Put, so they're, yeah. they're, they're putting UK in the same, you know, it's, it's a safe bet. Uh, let's put UK in the Liberty Bowl. Let's have them seven and five, fourth in the SEC East. Like that's yeah. a, this is a nice safe bet. Uh, and I'm sure when we get closer to SEC media days, there's going to be one of those guys there is going to have a hot take that Kentucky is going to win the SEC East or something. Like, we're – they're your dark horse team. You know, like, we're going to get a take out there because, you know, you 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 can pitch that, if you will. But, um, you know, but the, but the, at this point, you got to see it to believe it. Yeah, right. But you also got to remember, too, and this is where I want to, I want to get back to those anonymous quotes is – Kentucky doesn't have to be the best Kentucky team. They've just got to be better than who they're playing. And when you read what people are saying about Kentucky, there's a lot of more question marks uh, surrounding their opponents. And even though they're not in the SEC, I want to start with the the Louisville Cardinals because, look, there was a great quote about Scott Satterfield. And I believe it was something along the lines of, he's trying to bring App State to – 
the city, <laughs> which, yeah, you know, the, they, the, yeah. the all shucks works in some places. And it's like, well, it didn't look like that all shucks is, is working out uh, too, too well uh, down on Floyd Street. Yeah, I'm going to pull that up right here. But yeah, they, I think when you, I've kind of, I've dug into all the SEC and some other conferences. I finished ACC, most of Big Ten. The most interesting stuff, I think, quotes wise, has been with Louisville. <laughs> yeah, here it is. The okay, the biggest issues here seem off the field. I think they haven't really established who they are as a culture with those players. I think they tried to bring App to Louisville, and that hasn't worked out. Scott talking to South Carolina didn't help either. When this program is good, it's because they bring in a lot of raw talent and let them play. He's trying to create something different. Yeah, they'll that raw talent to me that's that's recruiting South Florida, South Georgia, and just bringing those guys up and just putting them out there. It's what they did under Strong. It's what Bobby did to a certain extent. And that's like Satterfield has gotten like this last class they dug into the Carolinas recruited Illinois they're not recruit they're not a threat in state recruiting just some warning signs there yeah which even somebody else mentioned that they're struggling right. in their own state and it's it's even more odd because you you bring court Dennison in to go you know make it uh, make it arrange raise Kane down in Florida bring those guys in and they haven't hasn't really been a thing mm-hmm. yeah I just it's just been a weird tenure mm-hmm I mean, and you like, know what? We were we were ahead of the curve. So I've seen some folks over there, uh, some Louisville fans, some Louisville media that are starting to come around. But hey, just remember, we were first in the we were the the winners of the first battle in the war against Scott Satterfield. Yes, we call we were on the right side early. It seems like, <laughs> and just I, the the whole first year, it's like he wins ACC Coach of the Year. They overachieve. But at the like in hindsight, they had NFL players at, at the skill talent, and then a superstar left tackle who's going to be like a multi-time All-Pro. Mackay Becton there for the Jets. Yeah. In and the defense has just been bad. They just don't have the talent on defense. The recruiting his results have been pretty meh. Oh. And then like the the one thing I can't get over it's just the that. The whole L's down thing was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, are you for real right now? Being a tattletale. Yeah, are you for real? It's like a parent going to college and finding out his son's drinking beer and, like, getting mad at him. <laughs> like, for like, what are you doing, man? I just I, – I, that was just so odd. That's their morning, son. And then he tried to play it off and, like, it would have been better if he, like – like went into this press conference and like just started just went on a rant how you know you know screw them they're you know blah 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 and it just yeah and then last year happened and then but then was how like, he flirted Ooh. with South how he how he handled the entire South Carolina thing was weird how he was like Chubba Purdy was flipping to Florida State and he was like taking pictures at a Luke Combs concert hey but Luke Combs he's big deal yeah. I just, man, it's just been, there was just some weird, like, I think some some weird moments. And then all his, like, he flirts with that and then his staff leaves. Like, every guy he brought with him pretty much from app outside the defense coordinator, it's dipped. And you know what? His peers see that they're going to strike. Uh, Louisville had a six and a half win total. Ugh. And and you know what? 
unlike UK, the, the you didn't get much juice on the under. Yeah, the um, the thing is, they play in the ACC, so wins are there. But the non-con slate is tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we we've talked about before, um, but it's it's going to be a long year. Going to be a long year at the the Palace, formerly known as Papa John's. Uh, but we need to get into. I, I'm curious, like, because I haven't seen this. I did not go to 17 different places <laughs> to find a magazine. So I'm curious if there were any other quotes that really popped. Like, did anybody have anything to say about Shane Beamer? Because I feel like there's n- not even one remarkable thing to yeah. say about him, other than oh, he's Frank's kid. The big thing with them was like they have no idea what the offense is going to look like, which I, I agree. Like Satterfield's coming in. He's been an offensive coordinator in college oh, before. Scott Satterfield is going to South Carolina? <laughs> the uh, Marcus Satterfield, um, who came from the Panthers under Joe Brady for like a year. Before that, he was Matt Rule's yep. offensive coordinator at Temple, but Matt Rule didn't bring him to Baylor. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, like, what is that? What are they going to look like? And all that. And then, like, they're thin. I, I watched the spring game, and I agree with it. this. They are very thin at receiver. Like, they are more thin. than Kentucky is in much, much better shape of receiver than South Carolina is. Like, their top receiver might be a guy they moved from quarterback. Oh, that one guy who played uh, – The carry-on joiner. Yeah. Yeah. He made a couple yeah. catches against Kentucky. Oh, wow. That's wild. <laughs> and, and then their next two receivers might be, at like, FCS transfers. And so, like, they're just in trouble at receiver. And quarterback, they're, they've named Luke Doty the starter. They're all in on him. He was a top 100 recruit, but the little I've seen of him, I just don't know if he's ready. And I don't know what the offense is going to look like. He looks like a quarterback that should be kind of in like a spread option type attack. Mm-hmm. Some like maybe what Rich Robert run or what we saw Coastal Carolina run last year. So maybe that's what they do. They don't have any receivers. You just got to do the. Uh, yeah, but there's I, like the, what this where Satterfield comes. I don't think he has any like it's a lot of, you know, it's going to be a pro style thing with. RPO mixed in and all that with pieces that don't mix. <laughs> and I watched the spring game. They had, they did a lot of different stuff. I mean, they had, you know, zone reads, but they got under center and they were using a fullback. Mm. So like, I just don't, I just don't know. So that was really the big thing there. He said the tra- the transfer portal killed them and, you know, we'll see how they, but they're, they, I mean, from my personal opinion, they're just in tough shape. One of the uh, favorite things I saw during spring game season was, uh, Tennessee goes three and out in its opening drive and loses yeah. 11 yards. So yeah. uh, is anybody buying any Josh Heupel hype? Because the coaching rankings aren't really buying it either, even though he did have some decent – I mean, they, they backslid a little bit last year, but he had success at Central Florida. The big thing with the Tennessee thing was the defense will be bad. So get ready. <laughs> Scheme-wise, if they can find the quarterback that can throw it deep, they've got some, I think, receivers that could possibly do some damage from young guys that they that'll be like from that 2020 class. So they they could be a fun team, like get maybe getting some track meets, but their defense, due to those transfers, they are gonna be in tough shape on defense, I think. And then offensively, it's just well, you know, Henry can Tuo can it work? Too. He's at Toa Toa. Uh, yeah, Alabama. I mean because Alabama needed Henry Toa Toa Toa. I mean, my God, that yeah. Rich get richer. Yeah, they lost him. They lost their other starting linebacker, Quavarius Crouch, to Michigan State. They lost probably their best safety or one of their most talented safeties went to Oklahoma. And DeAndre Johnson, their best pass rusher, went to Miami. The list goes on and on. So, like, the, the talent-wise, I mean, this is just total rebuild on defense. 
And like the deep, remember the defense coordinator search? They could not find the defense coordinator because nobody wanted that. And not only that roster, but that to to have to coach Look, with Apple scheme. Like that's the hard. NCAA, right? That's and the, hard. And clouds looming, clouds looming too. The NCAA. Yeah, yeah. People forget in. that. Uh, I want you all to circle your calendars. Mark it for October sixteenth. So we'll be in Athens that weekend. Look it and. I, so that could be a big weekend for Kentucky, but it also might be fun if UK is, I don't know, 3.30 or 7 o'clock kick, and we start the day with Tennessee, Ole Miss, and a track meet at Neon Stadium. Yeah, please give us that at noon. That would be, be, that would be a sure. lot of fun to watch. Or, I mean, hell, the last time we were in Athens was um, the game that Jeremy Pruitt tried to murder Jared Garantano, and we were watching that at the bar. <laughs> And everybody yeah. there was just laughing. I mean, yeah. just having so much fun watching Tennessee get just ever so close to thinking that they could possibly beat Alabama only to have it slip through their hands. And another interesting quote I said, like, Heupel went into UCF and he had the speed right away. Like, he had more speed than the rest of the league. It's not the case at Tennessee, and building that could be a lot tougher at Tennessee then because you're never going to have more athletes on the perimeter than – than what you have at good Georgia ch- or right, know, a good Bama chunk of wherever. guys you're yeah. playing with. But, yeah, definitely it's going to be a tough year for them. Uh, so I know Missouri, uh, you know, we don't, we don't need to do every team UK plays, but I did want to get to Missouri just because, as we'll see, all of the gambling stuff, everybody's just got them, you know, penciled in as that third spot as the next one's behind Florida, Georgia. I don't quite – Get it? Maybe everybody's just drinking the Drinkwitz Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what is, what's the deal? Do, yeah, are, I mean, are the coaches buying it? No, not really. Like there, I was expecting more like praise and love. They said he did a good job of kind of adjusting to personnel wise, like running stuff that they could succeed with. Um, so I think they were impressed with that. And I think recruiting wise, they are making some noise. Like they're, they're getting into the St. Louis and they're competing for some blue chip guys. Um, like he's already probably go big 10, you know? Yeah. He's already got him to an upper, a level higher than Odom had him at recruiting wise. Um, so that, that's a good thing. I think long-term for them, but yeah, I just, I, I think this is, I think this is going to be, I think this is, this Missouri hype is very media driven. Um, I think, I think they're right to be a team that's to be faded. I just think it's just gotten out of control. Yes. They were five and five in the SEC, Nick, but they won every close game and they lost a ton of blowouts. Mm-hmm. Literally, oh, you go and look at their schedule. Every close or kind of coin flip game, they won. Especially that really dumb one against LSU. That game was particularly yeah. stupid. Like, and then Arkansas was crazy back and forth. Yeah. The Kentucky game was crazy in a totally different way. In a much more boring way. <laughs> yeah, it just they won a lot of close. And then South Carolina, like they played a bad South Carolina team, and South Carolina hung around with them. Like they only won that game. 17 to 10, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was the same South that was the same South Carolina team that Kentucky that Georgia ran for 500 yards against Kentucky just torched and could have Kentucky, if you remember, they went out just they threw the ball all over the place in that game. They're trying to get the pass game going, I guess Terry's last game, but they really they could have ran for 450. Like Rodriguez could have ran for 270 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. I want to get to the win totals up next, but first. I got to remind all of our listeners out there that Father's Day is right around the corner, which means you got to celebrate dad. As a father, I can speak personally that it's good to treat yours to get treated on Father's Day. 
And for all the dads out there, you you got to get a gift for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Get it 20% off with free shipping by using the code Roush, R-O-U-S-H, at manscaped.com. Whether it's using that lawnmower to you know get that hair off his back, or you know they have different links, so you can even use it as a hair trimmer if you like for the hair on top of your head or for your beard. Either way, the lawnmower 4.0 will take care of you. It's been upgraded with the best blades in the business to make sure that you don't get any cuts anywhere. It it's it also has this is really cool. Like it, it got a wireless charging system that uses electromagnetic induction, which can help the battery length last longer. Yes. They have a wireless charging ball trimmer. That's a real thing now. Science in the 21st century is incredible. Uh, And here's the other thing too. Dad's out there, you know, we get weird nose hair, like ear hair. And, and And when I say nose hair, I mean like hair on the tip of your nose. You just get old and you get hair everywhere. Well, the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops manscaped also has products like cologne the crop mop ball wipes crop reviver ball toner and crop reserver preserver ball deodorant and for the females listening you'll appreciate this part manscaped products are cruelty free paraben free dye free and vegan so get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com use the code rash and don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year's show <laughs> your original home some love with manscape man they they always find a way to slip in something in there that you just never see coming i i imagine working for the manscape creative team is just a barrel of laughs oh goodness those advertising meetings i I'm yeah just, they're they're a hoot there's they're stuff on hoot. their on their boards in there just i they, i just imagine they're just in there laughing Oh, just having a great old time. Your dad will have a great time too. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code Roush. So, look at this point of the year, you know, we're used to Athlon in May, not used to win totals. The win totals is more of a mid to late June, around 4th of July. And shout out to DraftKings for not only getting ahead of the curve, you get us talking, but also normally these come from like South Point or some book that you have to be in Vegas to place the bets. You can go on your phone right now in basically every border state to Kentucky because we have idiots running our state that won't make it legal here. But you can just take a little hop across the border and make these wagers yourself. And that's why within, I mean, it's so readily available, within hours of us sharing the win total on KentuckySportsRadio.com, the juice on the over went from uh, minus 160 to minus 200. So, now, in order to win 100 bucks, you got to bet 200. Uh, it, not as much bang for your buck, even though yeah. the the path to seven wins is just, I mean, a, a cakewalk. Like, oh, you have to win at South Carolina yeah. and at Vandy. And then yeah. you win a toss up between, you know, Missouri at home, at Mississippi State. Like, you just have to win one between Missouri at home, Florida at home, LSU at home, and at Mississippi State. Just yeah. one of those four games to get to seven. Yeah. It's not Let's, difficult at yeah. all. Yeah, we'll just break it down right quick. Okay, three non-conference games outside of Louisville. One FCS Chattanooga. The other two, Louisiana Monroe, first game of the year. New Mexico State, eleventh game of the year. Those are maybe the two worst teams in FBS. 
You cannot get a better like nine conference slate. You don't even like. I don't think like even those teams competing with Kentucky shouldn't even be in the equation. The only worst team you could find is UMass. Yeah, and maybe UConn. Yeah. So that 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 that's that's three right there. Okay. Go to Louisville. Satterfield might not be on the sideline by then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They you could they could implode. You know you just don't know. I mean it's a road game, but who knows. But either, either either way, like the here's where I got like Florida, LSU, Georgia. Let's just throw them out. Three teams bet more talented, Kentucky. Let's just say those are losses. Just you know, so that's three and three right now. And this so is you have, being like pessimistic, too. right? Yeah. So this is so the rest. You got six games. The rest of your schedule that are coin flip games. You can make an argument Kentucky will be favorite in every one of them, and I'm even including Vandy in that. So let's take Vandy out of this because we all think they're. Gonna be, it's gonna be year zero. They're gonna be pretty bad. You can mm-hmm. see social, socially, social media wise, they're pushing really hard. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to what I think Kentucky did their first year with Stoops. They know what's coming. They just got to get uh, as much positive publicity out now as they can. So I think so. That's that's another win. So like, that's four wins right there. So then you got five games really. You've got at South Carolina. You've got at Mississippi State. Tennessee at home. At Louisville. So now, now what's tough about that is all those are on the road. I think that's part of the reason they may have the line, the total may have been started so it. Yeah. Right. But like, if you can, if you go three and two in those games, that's seven wins. And that's even like, that's before you get to the three Florida LSU right there. Yeah. So really this line to me, it should have been seven, seven and a half. I think seven's probably the right number. That's probably where you should have set it at. So my, my question to you, like it, what because it's going to when when the juice is that much it's it's going to move up and whenever it comes yeah. out elsewhere it'll be at seven or when seven caesar's yeah when caesar's gives out theirs like in june mm-hmm. like some of the more official william hill and all them in vegas yeah when it cut when they release theirs it's gonna be seven maybe now, seven and a half i would say seven are you still confident in taking an over if it's at seven or seven and a half Will you still take it? I should ask you that. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is if it's at seven? Or yeah, seven if it's seven, the play is the over. Like, you're either pushing or you're getting paid. I don't see them going six and six unless injuries just went crazy. Yeah, yeah. Seven and a half is – that's the stay away to me. I just think when – I, when I bet these season totals, it's – You don't like the missing out on a push. Right. Yeah, I want to get my money back or I want to win. Like, I want to find value there where I, there's two, where I think there's two options. Um, or or if I write out the schedule and there's more than a game cushion between the total, like if I have a team at eight and four and their total six and a half or vice versa, um, that's that's going to be a play um, for me every time. But yeah, I think seven's the right number seven in the over. I would lean I would lean over seven and a half would just it just feels like a, that's that's very good. Like that that that's how you know it's a good line when not when you don't want to touch it. Right. I right. <laughs> and but I, I think. It's more about schedule than anything with Kentucky. Like, if Kentucky's just a top 50 team, I think the floor is seven and five. I really do with this schedule. I think it's just a, it's a really great schedule, and it's why if things bounce right, they can have, a, I think, a really good season. It goes back to Kentucky doesn't need to be the best Kentucky. They just got to be better than who they're playing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and Missouri was the other game I didn't throw in there. So you have two, you have two at home, and then you have at Mississippi State, at Louisville, um, at South Carolina. 
see, those are the five games that really I mean, that'll South tell Carolina the tale of the season. Be bad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll, we'll in South yeah. Carolina, you get them the week after they play Georgia on the road. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and that's another part of the schedule that we don't think about as much, but. A lot of the the tough games, the toss-ups, even even the most difficult games, the opponents are sandwiched between – UK's a sandwich spot. They're a trap game. So if you figure if, if Kentucky's playing in, you know, three or four of those quote-unquote trap games where that team is either coming off of a big game, a big rivalry game, a game against somebody good, or they're getting ready to play a really good team, they're going to get one or two of them at least, right? Like a, just – I don't know. Maybe that's the old yeah. uh, meatball in me that just expects you to get teams at the at the right time. But that's kind of how things are lining up. The one thing with this for me, like Kentucky gets Georgia and LSU the week after they play Auburn. I don't think Auburn's going to be all that good. So I, I don't. Yeah, to me, they got that, a new like, quarterback. Not, yeah, they got a new quarterback. Though, we'll see. But yeah, I just yeah that that kind of concerns me. Um, um, the two big games I think late, like Mississippi State and Tennessee back to back. That's a worry spot, obviously. Mississippi State or Tennessee comes off the bye before they come to Kentucky. That could Let's be their it. one game a year. They're trying to get some late season momentum, even though they've stuck right. it up all year. Before they before maybe the tank really comes in. While Mississippi State, they they go by Bama at Vandy, Kentucky at home. So I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. Those are the two games. Like if you split those, I think you're in pretty good shape overall. We're, we, I don't know how much, you know, we usually do a pretty in-depth win total podcast. I didn't know if you just had any right off the jump that really popped to you. I haven't really dug into it um, all that much yet. I was really waiting. Like, I think we're going to get, like, those Caesars ones late in the year. Yeah. And those yeah, will probably gonna, be the one to go off of. Yeah. And those are going to be still, The awesome. transfer portal still popping and all that. I would like to – let's wait. Let's just wait a little bit for that. But, yeah. That's definitely going to be maybe that's going to be like a July podcast before we go to media days. Right, right. I'm still I'm not going to lie. I'm tempted to just I know the 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 value isn't great, but like it feels like a sure thing to just load up while it's at six and a half, even if it is at minus two hundred. You know, I mean it's just yeah. Clemson was at eleven and a half, and they opened with Georgia, and they've ran the table twice with Dabo, but they've randomly they lost some ACC games. Now they've they've won like twenty eight ACC games in a row. So like but it's man. really a it's a first game bet. Like if you think Georgia's gonna win, go ahead and, and lock them in for the under. Um, but yeah, I mean that that one that's that, that's a even Alabama eleven and a half. That's high, man. I, like it's Al- DraftKings trying Alabama's, to get you. Yeah, Alabama's probably a safer bet than Clemson on that. You know what? Too that might be great. a fun little parlay. Just go ahead and double up them on the under. It's great marketing on DraftKings' part. Too. Oh, it's yeah, this it's is like, very smart. It's basically like free advertising for them, and it, they might not come out ahead, yeah, uh, dollars and cents. But I mean, I'm sure that the DraftKings odds have been talked about countless times this week in yeah. on in on the radio and stations across the South. You know, Indiana at eight. Give me that under. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um. Coastal Carolina 10, that's a lot. Like, it was one year. They kind of jumped up. Just yeah, me looking the, at it. They're the chance, though. Right. Mickey Shane. Kansas, Kansas is at one. So is – They play I, one FCS team. Can they, just, can they pick somebody off? 
That was the same thing with UMass. That's a push like, to it was over. Really bad. I mean, mm-hmm. like they, I think their over under was at a half, and they play an FCS team or t- they play two FCS teams, and their over under is at one and a half. Right. I'm just so kind of they're they're assuming a loss to an FCS. Yeah, I'm team. I'm just kind of scrolling through these. Oh, Jiminy Christ! Missouri Missouri seven. That's a push to under to me. NC State six. I think they're going to be better than that. When the ACC, it might be an over. North Carolina 10, that's a lot. Northwestern six and a half. It's almost an automatic overplay. You got to ride Pat Pat Fitzgerald. They win seven, eight games every year. Your cousin Jeff at five, big year for Jeff. Yeah. yeah. They need to get that over. They really do. Tennessee six, that's an under for sure. Man, so uh, Bill Connolly. Is starting to put some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, he, he just shared the win probability, according to SP Plus, for UConn football this year. They have a 60% win probability against Holy Cross, 50% against UMass. So good for them, the UConns and the UMass. That's a matchup waiting to happen. They only have a 39% chance to win against Yale. <laughs> UConn, UMass is a game. UConn UMass is oh, a football man. game. That's a degenerate that special, is, man. Oh man, that is going to be the uh, what's the Tom Fornelli the uh, bottom ten game of the year of the century or whatever. Yeah, that he does. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, oh man, At, that is. Woo. You know, it's going to be on some weird streaming. It, it'll be ESPN Plus with twelve people there. <laughs> cold, what cold October day or so? Oh, oh yeah, October sixteenth. Yeah. It's going to be snow on the ground or no cold rain and just. Depressing. If I'm at home, that's getting screen time. <laughs> oh it'll be we're gonna start our day with tennessee ole miss scoring yeah. seven thousand points and then yale you purdue come. northwestern Sorry, cold, purdue. cold day in west lafayette and then yeah <laughs> you match you oh, man. like we, we we talked about a lot of different stuff around the league uh trey listener of the show slid into our dms and asked to talk about some potential road games and we've talked about uh, these destinations previously but i wanted to bring it back up again because i know some folks are starting to you know we're back we've got phil uh at, at the pga getting swarmed by by spectators the gardens packed um you know downs after dark there's there's people drunk getting carried out of the paddock there's five, uh, i don't i don't know if you kids at dollar beers yeah, our Tyler will know about this, but like the NHL, like the Hurricanes and Predators apparently have been letting more and more people in in their game because they're in a tight series right now. I think it's three yeah. two after a, a Hurricanes won in overtime, and so like Nashville is letting more people in for this game, and Carolina's letting more. In, so they're, they're slowly just elevating like, it back and forth. Right, yeah. The Oak Ridge yeah. boys, they're coming to the State Fair. We're back, so we're back to hitting the road. And, and Trey was wanting to know he's contemplating making some road trips. Just what are the the best venues? Uh, you know, whether city, stadium, attractions. And the the first time Kentucky goes on the road will be to Columbia. It's a trip I love to make every year. You're actually going this year. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I have actually some some plans that weekend turning turning 30. So I'm, I'm going to be out. But Columbia, I'm going to start off by saying, if you go, there's a sandwich shop called Groucho's. And I'm very mad because my brother's eating it for lunch. And order the stp and they've got this sauce in my mouth watering just thinking about it. it's so good 
It's so good. You dip it in the I just sauce. wrote that down. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that one out. I mean, it for whether it's hangover or the meal before, it is to die for. Now, Columbia as a – like, I, I would I would rank it as some of the worst fans. Strong Louisville vibes in Columbia, South Carolina, as far as game day setup. Very strong Louisville vibes. Not only because the fans are kind of nasty. You probably won't get this that, that this year because they stink. Um, but – the the, the, the fairgrounds yeah, yeah you have the there's a lot of parking lots there's train tracks they have their little yeah. cabooses there mm-hmm. um but and, and then the nightlife there is is i would say it's one of the tops in the sec yeah but saturday at least when i went the watering holes closed early that's um, true they do they, they're not so if, if you're gonna go friday night's the night to go out when you go down there and that in general is an sec rule of thumb most places aren't open late that you know they got the, you got to go to church the next morning so mm-hmm. uh with the exception being athens athens stays open pretty late but i i would rate their nightlife right up there because you have two different parts you can go to five points that's very uh collegey yes uh and then you have the kind of downtown i forget the street's name but they got like a wide street where there's a tin roof there's yeah a, that's what i was gonna say tin roof piano bar yeah um there's a hole in the wall god i i hate that there's a hole in the wall behind an oyster bar in the oyster bar they'll play jazz and you can play the game uh dad or girlfriend which is a lot of that's a classic classic game uh or uh, and then if you walk out of the oyster bar, there's a hole in the wall that has a shuffleboard table and uh, oh, natty yeah. stubby bottles for a dollar. That place is a freaking gold mine. It's a gym uh, right there. Love it. Love it. That's so, the best. When you go to SEC towns, finding places like that, oh, I think awesome. are the best. Yeah. If you so, can find them, that's how you're going to have the most fun. I, I would actually put Columbia uh, of the four. You know, it's right up there if, you, if you've never been to Georgia. And if you want to get a win, like, go in and watching a win on the road. Like, it does make mm-hmm. the trip much better. Absolutely. No doubt. So, I, I would put it right up there yeah. this year. Because going to the game, the stadium's fun. It'll, I'm sure it'll be rocking because it's an early game. And they'll mm-hmm. some people who think they're good. Like, going to Vanderbilt, it's fun because you can drink beers and go to Nashville. But, like... Midtown after, Nashville's fun. But, like, the cup snake thing, you know, like, that's... That's the game experience. It's that that stadium freaking stinks. The the game the game day experience it does. It's not. It's like, nothing like these other the other three places. The, the Wendy's the, is the place that's popping before the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, like my God. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's all what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for a win, like South Carolina. If you're looking for a win in game day atmosphere, South Carolina Mississippi State makes the most sense. South Carolina is going to be. I think that's the the yeah. the, the place to go to. Weather wise, Mississippi State October thirtieth might be the best. It's Halloween weekend in a college town. Oh, yeah, yeah in the point. South, you're probably getting sixty degree game. Man, in Starkville too. I know you haven't been. As bad as the cowbells can be, and I do recommend bringing earplugs. Like seriously, because it just it it it's a lot. But. As bad as the town might be, like as little as it has to offer, like you, you probably are going to stay in Columbus or Tupelo. Yeah, uh, it's expensive to stay in Starkville. Yeah, because there's just there's not much there, and there's not much to do before and after. So really, you're going for the the campus is actually kind of pretty, and like they have really nice facilities. There's just nothing, right? Nothing else there, right? So, and so those two, but like Georgia man is. 
from a game standpoint, like Kentucky's probably going to be a heavy dog. But you look at that, if Kentucky gets hot at the beginning, that's going to be a big game. It's in the middle of October, which is a perfect time to make these road trips, I think. Mm-hmm. And just – it's the best college town I've ever been to. Like, going to school at Georgia seems like <laughs> – seems like it would be, like, the most fun experience you could have as an 18- to 21-year-old. Um, like, there's oh. bars everywhere. There's it, restaurants. Great. I mean, yeah, there's the even the the stadium's kind of cool. Um, the atmosphere is really good. Oh man, the pregame and we 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 did get that taken from us with the rain last time yeah. because the tailgate setup doesn't look like super great because it's kind of well, it's it, very it's, similar to Florida as it's the stadium is such in like the heart of campus. Everybody's like posted up at like school buildings and all all that stuff. But yeah. yeah. It, it, but it is pretty because the stadium is built in between two hills and they've kind of just built on uh, built into the side of it. Right. And so like to see the drum line, you know, from above where you're kind of at the top of the first bowl and you're looking down right. and they're playing their way in from the, the bookstore. Like it's really cool. It yeah. is really cool. So if you're looking for outside of the game, the most fun you're going to have to me is in Athens. So uh, Tyler Thompson, her beer of choice so Athens has a. And they have breweries. They have all kinds of microbreweries and stuff yeah. down there too. If you're into that, right. yeah, it's it's very. They have a hip area. So Creature Comforts is a pretty cool spot. And Tyler's beer of choice is Tropicalia IPA. She loads up on it and brings it home. She likes it so much. Um, so that part's cool. The Georgia Theater. I've always wanted to go yeah. to a show yeah. at the Georgia Theater because uh, it's just an old historic venue like it, it and it's got the cool old marquee well we uh, we can talk about it but us talking about it does not do it just, you have to go to like, yeah i heard yeah. stories about athens how great like you have to go and actually dude how great was that 90s bar we went to to yeah yeah it, it was great because it was like hey you people that don't want to walk around on sticky floors like just check out this spot. Like it's it's right up your alley. The the Bud Lights are cheap draft. You know you you'll be happy. But even like <laughs> the small bar, it was just like they were all just perfect college bars. I mean, every place we went to was just like I was just like man, I could see myself hanging out in here oh. every weekend. And then it, I, there was like fifteen places I said that about. And that's why a noon isn't necessarily that bad. Like a noon isn't the worst time either because then you, you can get, get Saturday night after. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, bouncing around a different spot. So yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I wish I had a solid food record for Athens, but like, oh. As, yeah, I'm sure there's good restaurants, but it's like, there's so much there to choose from, you know, Athens is like, if you're post-grad right now, 23, 24, 25. Oh yeah. And you're looking for, like you, Athens is the, that's where you need to go. Like yeah. you get all your guys together and go. Yeah. You'll we'll have a blast. Now, if you're, if you're kind of like a spot where you're going to go in and be game wreckers, and where you're gonna like make the play, Starkville could be fun. If you're into just oh, ruffling see, feathers. Oh, I've got a Dixie Highway crew. They're making their way down there. Oh, yeah. it's gonna be that, gonna be that's probably the trip for you. If you're looking for something real easy, like maybe just a game day trip, Vanderbilt is the move. Mm-hmm. And then South Carolina is kind of, I guess, a blend of everything. And then you a high chance that Kentucky could win the game. So yeah, I would rank mm-hmm. like Georgia would I think that's the best trip. And then after that, like, I think it's just what, what you're kind of looking for. Right, right, right. And then, um, obviously, no SEC West, so we don't get the random road trip. No, no. Trip. It was a shame we got Auburn taken from us last year because I really wanted to go see that place on game day. But, hey, yeah. we're back. We're, we're not looking back. We are back. And uh, I do want to look back and just say, 
Adam Luckett, you're just giving away money to people who I try, man. bet on golf. I mean, I'm up, I'm up 150 bucks in my wallet that I'm just burning and turning at the track. Thanks to your golf pick. So you did go. it again. Uh, the one you did miss on was Brooks making the cut. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but hey, you, nothing, you, nothing before that said that was coming. Even the, the Phil, the, the whole thing was the whole tournament was wild. Like Phil <laughs> winning that is like, I was trying to like think what to compare it to. It'd be like a, I don't know. It'd honestly be like a 13th seed, like a blue bud 13th seed that didn't have that much talent or, or 12th seed or whatever that barely got in the tournament and made a run to the final four or something. Oh, that's you how mean like UCLA. So, well, <laughs> it really was UCLA. It was UCLA yeah, was first like four. That. I mean, and they should have yeah, lost guess, in the first yeah. round, you know? That's, uh, that's and, what it and, was like. I mean, and you kept waiting. a one shot. You kept waiting for the like, oh God, when's it gonna happen? Like I was I was fully expecting uh Kenny Perry at the Masters, you know, to just yeah kind of yeah. melt away. And it didn't happen. And we got an electric moment on 18. I, I, I loved it, even though it was like, all right, security, you can do a little bit better job. <laughs> like just just a little bit better. You know, yeah. they, they they it couldn't even get like Brooks Kepka to the freaking green to, yeah. to to finish, you know. Obviously they they the things got out of hand. They probably should have handled it different, but no one's going to remember that two weeks from now. No. You're just going to remember the pictures and the scene and the, you watch it on YouTube and think how crazy it was. Like that, that, that was, that's, I thought it was a great moment for golf. Like and that's a picture we'll see forever. The momentum from that, it's just, it set the, it's, it's the coals. And now they threw two logs on the fire and a can of gasoline, and that's Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau because yes, the clip that we got, the eye roll scene around the world, uh, followed by uh, Bryson's uh, doing half hammer curls with 100-pound dumbbells in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Your, your boy Bryson, he is just God, a great man. Him. And now yeah. he's playing in the match. It's yeah, I saw that today. And Brady are running it back against Bryson and Aaron Rodgers July 4th, which, man, I I hope Bryson – I could see Bryson and Aaron Rodgers just really hating each other. But what we need, what we need though, we needed, we needed this to be Bryson Brooks. And if they don't – if the U.S. Open doesn't put those two together, then the golf folks are just morons. They got to be paired up eventually. Because all this stuff has been off the course at this point. It hasn't even – it hasn't been on the course. It's just straight nonsense. We haven't really got them. Yeah, but like the Thursday, Friday be fun, but we really need them matched up in a weekend. When well, you would need Bryson to actually be good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we also need Brooks to make the cut. Hey, which he did last week. He's only but like one, he's only got one top five. Maybe only one. No, only one top ten in a major. And that was when won, nobody was he there. Won the U.S. Open last year. Wait, he won that one. Damn it. Yeah. It was the PGA. By six strokes. Did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. God, I'm freaking Bryson. What a turd. Bryson was like, because that wing foot, it was tearing people up, and he was the only one to shoot under par on Sunday. Because there were a bunch of people gobbled up, and then he ran, he ran away with it. He shot like a 67 or something. Yeah, he can kick rocks. Yeah, you, and they, your, we, you and your math nerds, you can take your analytics and get the hell out of here. <laughs> we do. I, I just want them on a Saturday. Like, give them, give them to us on a Saturday, Sunday. That's what we need. I also want, like, the buddy, buddy, Justin Thomas and Spieth. I would like to see them go head to head for a major. I think that's going to happen at the masters eventually. Cause they're both suited for that course. Yeah. We need more of that. Uh, 
some of the, these late matchups has not been great. The Phil and Bryce are Phil and Bryce. Phil and Brooks was good though. Yeah, Brooks had some some chances and just was missing putts on the front. Yeah, he just like that course tore everybody up at least one day. And Phil Sunday was it, brutal, man. It didn't tear up Phil. Phil was under par, I think, every day, and that's why he won under par, or even par every day, and that's why he won the tournament. And like that course was all about driving accuracy and driving length. Um, Phil's made a concerted effort to get longer off the tee, but he's been all over the place driving wise, and he just hit it straight this week. And it was just, it was kind of crazy to watch. So weird how hitting it straight will take you places. Yeah. Hitting straight, making putts. Well, I hope y'all hit it straight. Maybe, maybe playing, getting out of playing a little golf Memorial Day weekend. Uh, maybe getting out in the pool, going to the lake. It's a big lake weekend for folks. I'll be enjoying the sun a little bit and it's cooling down around Kentucky on Saturday. So it should make for a real nice time. Uh, and it's been a nice time talking football with you. Like it. Absolutely, brother. We'll have to do it again. Always is. Well, we, we appreciate our friends for Manscaped. Use that promo code Roush. 20% off and free shipping. And with that phone call, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Uh, and remember, folks, go Cats and go Kroger. Yeah.